Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning, April the 7th, 2022. It is 7.02 on your Tucson Thursday, and we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. So glad to be back after what was, again, another just strange illness, strange bout with an illness, and uh, to be honest, I've, I've felt pretty good actually the last several days uh the biggest problem was is i have like this weird like tickle cough thing i've never experienced anything like it in my life it's the way the best way that i can describe it is it's like you're about to sneeze and like everything stops like you're about to sneeze the world stops you have to stop your conversation stop doing everything you're like and you start you know doing that like where you're going to prepare to sneeze and then if you look at a bright light you can make yourself sneeze or whatever you can choose whether you want to sneeze or not well Mine wasn't a sneeze, it was a cough. Like I would be in the middle of saying something, all of a sudden it'd be like it would like just take take my voice and it'd be done. Like I'd have to stop and I'd have to clear my throat or I would cough. Sometimes I would cough, sometimes I wouldn't, and then I would cough and start this coughing fit. And nobody wants to hear that on the on the radio. Uh yesterday I was feeling I mean it was it was pretty good, but it was still like the tickle was kinda still there and I was like, eh, I don't want to push it. And, you know, because again, nobody wants to hear me coughing into a microphone. So if I do have to take a, a moment to compose my, you know, compose myself and take a pause, just uh, please bear with me. Just kind of working through this new little, I don't know, medical wrinkle in my life that has happened recently. I don't know why it is the way it is, but uh, so be it. Nonetheless, we are here, and uh, I am glad to be back on the air with you guys. It's, I mean, it, it's funny. I was going through some of the notes that I was, you know, putting together for shows that. You know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll start putting together stuff for tomorrow. I'm feeling a little bit better today, and then I'd wake up in the morning, and it was bad. And I'm just going through, like, some of the notes, and, man, a lot has happened. A lot has happened in the last week, uh, week and a half, since uh, since I was back on the air with you. We had, a, we had a Final Four. We had a championship game, and Kansas comes out, and they go up 7 nothing in that in that game, and Carolina looked like they were out of it. Like, they, they looked like they were completely – like starry-eyed like they were you know in the moment like oh my god there's eighty thousand people in here what's going on? like they hadn't just played a game in that same building two days two days prior <clears throat> and you know they they, they they just kind of seemed like lost in the moment and <clears throat> pardon me and uh you know, and then kansas jumps out to the 7-0 lead and i'm thinking to myself oh god this is going to be blowout city because we watched North Carolina this year. We've seen them just get completely destroyed in certain games. I mean, where they wouldn't even show up for an entire half of a game. And, you know, I mean, we, 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 saw, we saw them blow a 25-point lead in the second half to Baylor. And just tons of, you know, that was a, it, was a, it was a volatile team. You know, they weren't very deep. Uh, they were a team that, that, you know, relied on athleticism, which is always going to you know, get you in trouble in the end. Either it's either going to win the day or get you in a heap of trouble in the end. And uh, you know, they they make that. Well, it was like a nineteen to two run or something, nineteen to four run at one point there early in the first half and take a commanding lead. Then they're up sixteen and eventually fifteen at the half. And you're thinking, what the hell is Kansas doing? Like <clears throat> Kansas is trying to 
trying to to play like this bully ball down low, and the like, Carolina's got some dudes. You're not playing Villanova. Everybody is six five. Like, <laughs> like you, you gotta you, you gotta space the floor a little bit against these guys. You gotta make those big guys come out and, and guard somebody. And eventually, Bill Self figured it out in the second half, and they went on a huge run. And um, and it you know it wasn't even really you know their superstars. Honestly, you know Remy Martin made a huge difference in that game. You know for 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 Kansas, regardless of whether you like him or not, the Shetland Pony made a huge difference in that game. He especially down the stretch, you know he was huge. He only had two points at, at the half, and um, you know that was a bank shot, like kind of a lucky you know just kind of throw it up and at the at the buzzer, and it kind of banked in and. Um, but uh, had a huge second half, and Kansas is your national champion, four-time NCAA tournament winners. Uh, say what you will, um, you know whether it's you know they're winning championships amidst the NCAA investigation, you know. But there's a lot of schools that uh, that have to go through that, and Kansas was able to see it through. And all credit to uh, to Bill Self and his staff and those players. And I know a lot of people don't like Bill Self. Uh, I you know I've seen a different side of, of Bill Self, and I've been told a different side of Bill Self. I have a lot of respect for uh, for him as a as a coach. And whether you like him or not, you, you have to tip your cap to him a little bit because late in that game when Armando Baycott went down with the sprained ankle once again and eventually had to leave the game, not able to come back, uh, it was Bill Self who called off the dogs on his, you know, in, in a close game, in a championship game, he told his team, to not attack with Armando Baycott laying on the floor uh, on the opposite end of the court. And, and, and you can, there's, there's the video that you can see of him basically looking, you know, looking at his guys like, Hey, you know, space, take your time, space out the floor. Let's run a play here. And he's stalling, trying to see if the officials are just going to stop the game instead of attacking and saying, go, go, go. He had the respect enough for that opposing coach, the opposing player, the opposing team, to let that uh, let that injury kind of just play out, and eventually they got into a stall moment where the officials could stop the game and uh, and tend to Armando Baycott. That was a a classy move by Bill Self, and uh, make no mistakes about it. That was a directive from him to stop his team from uh, from taking advantage of that moment. Say what you will about it, maybe it's dumb, and it probably is dumb. I mean, it's a championship game; you got to take every advantage you possibly can, but. Uh, all respect in the world to him. So those are just kind of the, some of the other things that I saw as we as we rounded out the NCAA tournament. A really good and exciting and fun NCAA tournament. Again, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because this is old, old news. Uh, but I wanted to share my thoughts uh, just real quick with you guys. Arizona, I thought, represented itself well. Unfortunately, it just wasn't to be. Uh, Houston comes out. Pardon me. Houston comes out against... Villanova in that uh, in that matchup and you know where they shot the lights out against Arizona and you know Arizona did give them some wide open shots so did Villanova I mean Houston was wide open on about seven of those 20 three-point jump shots that they made one of and 11 of 20 against Arizona one of 20 against Villanova and seven of those were with no defender in their face so (laughs) it's like you know, once again, you know, Arizona fans, Wildcat fans are like, why do teams always decide to shoot the lights out against us, especially in the tournament? Like, these teams are shooting above their average against against Arizona. And it's not like Arizona was a bad defensive team and hasn't been a bad defensive team. I mean, Arizona ranked outside the top 50 one time in the last 13 years 
in defense. So <laughs> it's not like Arizona's a bad defensive team. It's <sighs> we can't have nice things, I guess. I don't know. It's figure things out for next year, but uh, the future is bright for the uh, for the Arizona program. We'll actually talk about that a little bit later on the show. I do have some stuff I want to talk about with Wildcat Sports. Specifically, we'll talk some Wildcat football because we do keep it local here, of course, on the Jeff Dean Show as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The, uh, the football team has a big spring game coming up on Saturday. I am... I, I'm so excited. Like I, I I'm excited. I'm, I'm, this is the most excited I've ever been to see a projected four-win football team in the history of my life. Like it, it's right. I think we're all kind of in the same boat, aren't we? Like we just want to see the lid taken off of this thing and watch them run because there are so many new faces, exciting faces on that football team, and we'll talk with that and the uh, the. The, the team that uh, the Jed Fish has put together and his staff and this program that he is building there uh, at U of A because it is uh, it is making is making a difference. It really is. There are there are national media outlets talking about Arizona football, and it's the situation where Arizona's not going to compete for you know for the division title this year, but they're going to scare some people. They're going to be in games. They're not going to be uncompetitive like they've been the last two three seasons. Um, you know, there are, there are national media outlets that are recognizing what's going on there. And it's not just because of what the, what the recruiting class did. I mean, it, those, those freshmen may have a, a lesser impact on these games than we think they will. In fact, I think that's exactly how this is going to go. I don't think that the freshmen are going to have huge impacts on these games, at least to the degree that, that the recruiting rankings have kind of stirred up uh, in our emotions. I think it's going to be more about the dudes that are here and that have been here and guys that are elevating their game in this program, the fact that they're being coached up, that they're winning in the weight room uh, and, and doing a lot of the things that they need to do to progress to that next level. There's some good players on this team, um, and uh, I think that's going to show out this year. Regardless of, of the newcomers that are here, there were some good guys that are already here, and uh, they're going to play well this year, I guarantee so we'll talk about uh, Wildcat football coming up a little bit later on. We'll also talk some other things, Wildcat news, baseball, softball, basketball, and other things going on on campus, so stick around for that. We also are going to talk plenty of NFL today because that is my promise to you as we talk NFL every single day here, uh, seven, well, it's not seven days a week, five days a week here on the Jeff Dean Show as long as I'm not coughing my lungs out. And uh, we're going to have some some NFL to talk with you, NFL draft preview, um, some potential trades that are out there, some some teams that could be looking to move up or move back in the draft. Um, I think I've got a pretty good lock on what I believe the top ten picks will be. Of course, any time the Detroit Lions are in there, and they usually are, <laughs> and that uh, tends to, to turn things a little topsy-turvy from time to time. So there's a little alliteration for you. Uh, the Detroit Lions have a have a always the potential to – give that head-scratching pick, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, the obvious pick is this, and they go, oh, we're going to go with this guy over here. And you're left thinking, okay. So, again, you know, I mean, they're stuck with Jared Goff right now. Maybe they go quarterback. I, who knows? But uh, I think I have a pretty good lock on the top ten players and I think where they fit in the top ten of the NFL draft. But, again, nailing the top ten in the NFL draft is, is extremely difficult, as has been proven time and time again, year after year. Even the the most 
grounded experts, guys like uh, you know guys like Mel Kuyper Jr., of course, who's the best in the business. Uh, you know, he's been as connected as anyone has for the last three decades in the NFL draft. Even he can't nail a top ten pick. Uh, you know, top ten list from top to bottom year to year. So, uh, but we'll talk some NFL draft. Also, lots of NFL news going on. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on in the NFL, kind of behind the scenes, like non-player related. Daniel Snyder is under fire once again, and I think this may be the final straw. We'll talk about that coming up. Um, What the impact of Amazon TV will have on the NFL scheduling. We'll talk about that because you got to, I mean, you got to understand that Roger Goodell, that the NFL, you know, the powers that be, they want to impress the big money in the room. And you don't get any bigger money than Jeff Bezos, right? I mean, that's that's as big as money as it gets. The richest people in the world, and one of them has invested in your company. And the NFL is going to want to show him a good time. So I'm guessing that Jeff Bezos and his constituents over there at Amazon who are putting together this this uh, yearly schedule for the Thursday night games that they have purchased are going to have a lot of say in who is on their airwaves. Uh, I'm just going to put it that way. Um, I've, we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But, yeah, it's, it, I think it's going to be interesting how they're going to dictate the schedule. And those teams and those players who absolutely hate playing Thursday night games are going to be forced to do so because of the money aspect, because they're good. And that's a good thing for the NFL and for fans to be able to watch good teams on Thursday night. But even good teams don't make great football on Thursday night when the players are unengaged and don't like being there. So that could be an interesting, uh, an interesting tug of war there between the players who are great players on great teams that are not motivated to play on a Thursday night. But I'm going to start with Major League Baseball opening day. It's, of course, one of the greatest days of the year. It's been split up into two days over the years. You know, there's Thursday games, there's Friday games. You know, when do the Cincinnati Reds play? They play on Wednesday, blah, 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 blah. This year, of course, because of the lockout and the shortened, the crammed-in spring season has changed things a little bit. But lo and behold, we're here. Like, it, we, we've made it. <laughs> Thankfully, we've made it to opening day. And there are seven games today. There were going to be nine, but a couple of them got pushed back to tomorrow because of uh, of weather concerns, which is going to be – so we're going to have – I guess we're going to have double headers on opening day tomorrow, which should be interesting. Uh, but if you're looking for – what the games today are in Major League Baseball. It starts early at 11 o'clock, uh, Tucson time, Brewers at Cubs. So they're the ones that are going to be uh, tipping off the baseball season this year, followed by Guardians at Royals. Yuck. <laughs> I mean, at least we get to see Tito, right? I mean, Francona's going to get that team. You know, they're projected for, what, like 74 wins? He'll probably put them close to 80 because he's just one of the best managers in baseball. Pirates at Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals are an interesting team this year, and, and we'll we'll talk about it. You know, there's obviously throughout the season we'll talk about it, but man, uh, you know they got a 40 year old starting on opening day. Adam Wainwright is going to be their starting pitcher today, who most likely is a future Hall of Famer. The designated hitter, and yes, the designated hitter is here, folks. In the National League, it is league wide. There is going to be a DH. You know, gone are the days of strategizing when to pull your pitcher because his time is up in the uh, you know in the lineup and all this I I hate it I can't say it enough but there's nothing I can do about it nothing we can do about it it's here and we're just going to have to eat the sandwich that we're given 
Uh, but the designated hitter today for the St. Louis Cardinals is going to be none other than Albert Pujols, who is making his 22nd consecutive opening day start, uh, you know, future unanimous Hall of Famer in Albert Pujols, and future Hall of Famer Yadier Molina taking one more spin behind home plate uh, there. The probably I, I don't even want to say probably. He is most likely without question, without any kind of argument, the greatest defensive catcher in the history of the game. So um, it's that NL Central is obviously there's some really bad teams in there, some teams that are already beginning to tank their season, but the top of that division is going to get it, it, it's going to get testy. It's because the Brewers are loaded, but you always got the Cardinals there, who are always going to compete year in and year out. It's just tradition. They just they don't suck <laughs> any year. Like they're just always good. So that'll be a good one. Mets at Nationals. Mets are on Plan C for their opening day starter. Jacob Degrom is hurt. Max Scherzer goes down in spring training. He's you know he's banged up and kind of day to day. So they're going to be taking on the Nationals. Nationals are going to be an interesting story this year. They're a, a team that has. You know, the last two years have gone to the mid-break and said, we don't have it, we're going to sell off, we're going to sell off, we're going to gather some assets. Well, those assets are starting to play. And Juan Soto, by the way, holy smokes, that guy, that guy can flat rake. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. There's, there's a lot of good players in Major League Baseball right now, and it is rich with hitting talent. There's a lot of good young pitching in the game right now, and, and I'm excited to see this season how that all develops. Um, there are some good rules changes, and, and I'm going to get into the rules changes coming up after the break because I think we all need to know what we're watching, right? I mean, it, there's, there are some rules changes. There's going to be some differences in the games that we watch today, tomorrow, and throughout the season, and it would be nice to know what we're watching, what to expect. Uh, other games today, Reds at Braves. That's a, you know, a, a whatever. Reds, a team that's considered to be already tanking. Joey Votto going to be starting at, uh, at first base, I think, for his like, 14th consecutive opening day. So great for Joey Votto, one of the great guys in Major League Baseball. Astros and Angels, probably the game of the day, I would imagine. Those two teams are um, – uh, I mean, there could be huge fireworks in that game. you got Shohei Otani in the game going up against uh, Correa. That, that, that could be a real good one. And plus you got Mike Trout, who's – 100% healthy now. Like, he is good to go. I saw Trouty um, in spring, and he looks better than he's ever looked. Like, I, he's lost a step, obviously, on the base paths and things like that, but he's still quick. He's still got that great, you know, Mike Trout speed. He doesn't have uh, the, the the wide open, you know, blitzing speed that he's had, uh, but he, he looks good, man. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know if the Angels are going to are gonna – push to win that division i don't think they will but it's a good division but uh they're gonna hit a lot of home runs this year that's for sure that is gonna be a fun team to watch and then the night cap tonight padres at d-backs um padres put together a pretty good pretty good squad in the offseason they're gonna be uh, a formidable team in the national league specifically in the west between the dodgers the giants and the, and the padres those are the the class of the uh, the nl west and then you got the d-backs and the rockies um, I got to look at the D-backs a couple of times in the spring. I don't think they're as bad as their projected record is. Pitching is going to be an issue for them. They've got some young arms who are going to be managed throughout the season, obviously, and anytime you have that, 
you got you got to give the ball to somebody on the mound, and it's usually somebody who's, uh, if you don't have the depth, is not going to be very good. And that's where the problems with the D-backs are going to be. Um, they have some pieces on offense. Again, you know, I think in spring, well, spring last year they looked pretty good, and then they come out last, in, you know, for the regular season, and they hit like two ten. So um, I don't think the D-backs are going to be as bad as projected. In fact, I think they're going to go over their win total maybe by one or two. Um, but, I, I, you know, I don't think they're going to be awful like people are saying they are going to be. Last year was the awful year for the D-backs, and I, I predicted. I said, look, I think this is going to be the worst season in D-backs baseball history, and people are like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Like, eh. <laughs> I, I saw this team a few times. They're not good. The roster com- composition isn't any good, uh, and last year they stopped playing for one another, and that was always – that's rough to see because you go on those 10-game losing streaks. That just means that people have just given up. But there's some there's some fun storylines this year and uh, a lot of things to look forward to. And I'll talk about some of the rules changes that we can expect to see, not only in Major League Baseball this year, but in the minor leagues because there are people are going to be going to places and checking out minor league games. But these are also rules institutions that are going to be, you know, rule changes that are going to be instituted in the in the coming years. And Theo Epstein is kind of heading the charge. He's the guy that's in charge of of Major League Baseball's rules committee kind of, so to speak, how to move the game forward. And I think they picked the right guy because they found somebody who actually genuinely loves baseball. And I think that's the most important thing for baseball right now. Uh, You know, it it doesn't appear that the commissioner, Rob Manfred, has much love for baseball. So he did the best thing he could do, and that's handed off to somebody who does. And I, I truly believe that Theo Epstein does love the game of baseball. And I think he's going to do a fine job in his new in his new role. And we'll talk about that coming up after the break. Lots of stuff going on here today. Stay tuned. We've got uh, another. Uh, we'll be here till uh, till nine o'clock this morning. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on fourteen ninety AM, one hundred four point nine FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, not only do we have Major League Baseball opening day, it is Masters down at Augusta. It is off and running. They have uh, teed off. And uh, Mary was telling me before the show that I didn't didn't see this. She was saying that, that prices at the cafeteria are like, like throwback to like 30 years ago (laughs) like you can get a sandwich and a coke for like four bucks and beers are five dollars like who sells a beer for five because it costs three hundred dollars to buy a shirt at augusta national like to buy a master's shirt if you go and you pay thousands of dollars for the tickets that you have you have to pay three hundred dollars for a shirt like i mean it's a nice shirt but three hundred dollars for a shirt my goodness I mean, and this is coming from somebody who pays eighty dollars for their shirts. Like I, I, like I don't like, I don't golf. First of all, I don't really care much about golf. I honestly don't. I mean, I, I pay attention to the majors. You know, I'm one of those guys, right? So roll your eyes. That's fine. I don't like golf, uh, but I pay attention to the majors because they're important. Those are the proving grounds. That's, that's where you want to you want to see the best be the best. And you know, for somebody who doesn't really pay much attention to the sport, that's where I turn my attention to. I wear Callaway. Like, that's, that's the brand that I wear. I wear Callaway shirts. I wear Callaway shorts. 
because they are supreme quality. They're fantastic. Like, they don't fade. They fit perfectly. And, yes, they're ridiculously expensive. Shorts are $85. My shirts are $88. I don't care. Like, when you're my size, you want to find things that are, that are you know, not going to hug all of the uh, the curves that have spilled out over the years. You don't want that. So um, I buy, you know, I buy those shirts. But I, $300 for a shirt, my goodness. I mean, I mean, I know plenty of people who have them. You know, I guess if you go and you get thousands of dollars to spend on tickets, you're going to want to buy a $300 T-shirt. Or not T-shirt, but, you know, golf shirt. Uh, Tiger is present. Phil Mickelson is not. Phil Mickelson decided to – he's taking a break from, from golf. Um, I know that he made some comments, and again, I don't, I don't, if I don't follow the sport, I just, you, you, you work in sports, and you hear things, and you find things out, and people talk to you about things that you're like, oh, I, you know, I didn't know that. That's news, and I just kind of retained that information. I know that Phil gave an interview recently um, with somebody who's writing a, a book or a memoir or something like that, um, and uh, and in that in the interview. Phil was talking about Saudi Arabian people being scary bleepity bleeps and to get into business with them is tenuous because they're murderers and they hate gay people and, you know, all this stuff. And he's basically, you know, the Saudis have done these things. They've, you know, they've executed people openly. Uh, They, you know, they have executed gays and they've, you know, been very anti-gay. But that's not all Saudi people. Okay, so he kind of lumped them all together, and even though he's in business with them, this new, uh, this, you know, this new circuit essentially that is trying to compete with the PGA, so it's weird. It's a weird situation he's got himself into. I don't know if Phil got concussed at some point in his life, like over the last like twelve, thirteen years. Like, I, you know, being here in Phoenix as long as I have. You run into people and stuff, okay? So, short. long story short, my ex-wife and Phil's wife had the same hairdresser. So they would, for some reason, they were always in there together at the same time. So they would sit there and they would talk and everything like that. And I, you, you hear things about people and you're like, no, nah, that can't be true. <laughs> Man, I don't know. He says some things that are head-scratching at times. Like, uh, he got bumped on the head or something, I think, recently. He's... He's losing it a little bit at 51 years old. I think he's you know, mentally he's saying things and doing things that you wouldn't normally expect from somebody of his stature. I mean, he he lost two big sponsors over this this whole thing with uh, calling out the Saudi people and and you know still wanting to get into business with this other uh, this other tour this other league the Saudi Golf League um, after making those those remarks. So a strange situation, but he's not he's not at the Masters. Uh, which is weird to not have Phil Mickelson at the Masters, but uh, Tiger's there, and that's of course getting all of the run, even though he's not anywhere near a favorite uh, in the uh, in the field. John Rahm is the the betting favorite, followed by Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, and my pick, Rory. We'll see. We'd like to see him complete the Grand Slam. I like Rory, and uh, we'll see if he can uh, see if he can do it. So, and we'll have updates here. Uh, at the top of the hours um, to keep you uh, informed of what's going on at the Masters in case you're unable to uh, to follow along. You can always get your information right here uh, at ESPN Tucson at the top of the hours as we will be uh, discussing that. All right, coming up after the break, 
talking about the rules changes on Major League Baseball's opening day, what we can expect, what we're going to be watching in Major League Baseball this season for 162 games and beyond. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Let's talk some baseball. It is Major League Baseball's opening day, and I have to make a correction. I realized that I made an error. I said Carlos Correa on the mound for the Houston Astros. Of course, he would not be pitching for the Astros because he's not even on the team anymore. He's going to be the starting day, uh, the opening day starter for the Twins, which is his new team. Uh, yeah, just kind of going on on old mode here. Uh, Framber Valdez is going to be starting for the uh, the Astros today against Shohei Otani. Uh, interestingly enough, the Astros have won nine opening day games in a row, which is the longest streak in Major League Baseball. But quick little trivia here for you. They are not Major League Baseball's winningest opening day team. That belongs to the Mets, believe it or not. The New York Mets are the have the highest all-time winning percentage on opening day. They've won 65% of their opening day games, and they've won 39 of their last 52 that's incredible. <laughs> 39 and 13 over the last 52 years on opening day. And it's not like the Mets have been, you know, they're not not the Yankees here, not the Cardinals. Uh, they're going to be an interesting team to watch this year because obviously with Cohen's money, Steve Cohen, you know, and the, and the money that he's thrown at them, uh, and, and, you know, he's made it very well known. He wants to win a championship in his first season. And they have some holes to plug, and in about three months, when the trade deadline hits, they're going to be shopping, and they're going to be spending. It's going to be interesting to see what the Mets do in the second half of this uh, of this season. All right, so some of the look, there, there's there's plenty of rules changes and things like that that have happened in Major League Baseball. I already mentioned designated hitter, which can't stand, but whatever. We have to deal with it now. Um, in in the case of like okay like the angels are going to are they're going to be you know using this new wrinkle to the rule of course um the new the new wrinkle to the dh rule that allows pitchers to remain in the designated hitter spot after they've left the mound so if shohei gets knocked out let's say let's say otani gives up you know six six runs in the first 3 innings today and they're down 6-2 or something like that and they just like look he doesn't have it today uh, but we want to keep them in the DH spot. They can do that. Normally, you wouldn't be able to do that, but now they can. They've they've changed that aspect to the rules. So, guys like Shohei, it's basically the Shohei Otani rule, right? Uh, so he can stay in as a designated hitter. If if Madison Bumgarner, let's say he's going to be the opening day starter for the Diamondbacks tonight, uh, if you know if if they have him in the DH spot, it'll be interesting to see if they keep him there or if they put another you know another player there once he exits the game. So that'll be interesting. Uh, the ghost runner rule from the COVID season, from the the sixty game season with the the COVID uh, season. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, the ghost runner rule is back. We didn't have it last season, where they put the runner on second base to start the extra innings, um, which you know we had two seasons ago. That was not on the not on the rules last year, but it's back this year. Um, I. I, I I guess I didn't see enough of a sample size of it in the COVID season to be able to be like, yeah, I hate it, or no, you know, uh, it's it's fine. Um, 
So this year we'll find out, right? We'll know. 162 games with with every Major League Baseball team doing it. We're going to find out really <clears throat> what the Ghost Runner rule and, and its impact on uh, on Major League Baseball is. Um, also, the you know people are, have talked about the pitch clock and stuff, and we'll we'll talk about that because uh, the pitch clock is going into full effect in minor league baseball, AAA. It's going to be in full effect now. It's not just in the Florida leagues and the California leagues. It is 100% across the board in all of minor league baseball, which means it's coming to the majors probably next year. And there's an interesting there's an interesting discussion on that. And, and like I've I've talked with a lot of people about this, and me being the you know the old fuddy-duddy that I am, the get-off-my-lawn guy, especially when it comes to Major League Baseball, and I love the sanctity of baseball, and I hate these rule changes. I've never liked the designated hitter rule. I can't stand the shift. There's all kinds of other things, and the shift is going away too, by the way. We'll get into that. Um, but the, the pitch clock is always something that I've been 100% in favor of, 100% in favor of. And it honestly has very little to do with the pace of the game. It, it, like, it, for me, it's not about shortening the game, okay? Let's, let's look at it this way. <clears throat> this, this is the argument that I've used for years. Probably, I, I'm going I'm to say the better part of 15 years in doing this when talking with people about instituting a pitch clock in Major League Baseball. When, when basketball, before basketball had the shot clock, it was just, you know, run whatever kind of offense you want. You could run four corners, and basketball games would finish with scores of 37 to 32. And it was the, you know, it was the accepted norm of the time. And for a long time, when they had been discussing instituting a shot clock rule, people were vehemently against it. They said, you can't rush this thing. It's a beautiful game the way it is. You can't rush it. Well, what they found out after instituting the shot clock was that it allowed offenses to to create more action for themselves, and it allowed players to play the game. Like <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like watching it's it, like speed chess or something, right? Where you just you know you're, you're just thinking you know instinctively, and you're just going boom, boom, boom. You're going back and forth. It's different than that. It's like um, well, like I said, like it's the shot clock era in in basketball. It allows players to actually play the game, and. If you force Major League Baseball pitchers to get into a rhythm of a 14-second pitch clock, okay, where they have to get through the signs and get through their motions and all their quirkiness and all this stuff, and I saw some weird quirkiness in spring training this year, some weird stuff, man. Like, what? Did, I, I won't even get into to some of them. There was one. There was one pitcher, I'm like, this guy needs to be thrown out of the game. He's literally taking 25 seconds to throw the baseball. This is absolutely ridiculous. He's, like, dancing around. He's, like, shuffling back and forth. I'm like, how is this legal? How is this even legal, what this idiot is doing out here? It's horrible. And he, to top it off, I think he gave eight runs in an inning and a third. I'm like, get this guy out of here. Anyway, um, the, the shot clock or the, the pitch clock will have the same effect on baseball as the shot clock had in basketball. It doesn't force teams – to, to speed up, it allows players to get into the rhythm within the rules of the game. And for all the people saying, oh, the fans are just going to sit there and watch the clock, and watch the clock, do you sit there and watch the clock for the entire 24 seconds of an NBA game or the entire 30 seconds of a college basketball game? No. You look up when, you, when the timing in your, in your head says, it's got to be getting close. You look up, oh, he has four seconds left. Somebody shoot the ball, right? 
Same thing happens same thing happens in Major League Baseball. We're not going to be watching the pitch clock. We're going to be watching uh, what's the runner at first doing. Uh, you know what are the signs? You know what's what's you know what's the discussion here now that it's two one? Is he going to be green light fastball? Are they going to be doing hit and run? Uh, you know all these other things are going to be still going through our minds, and then we're going to say it's got to be about timing for him to throw the ball, and then here it comes. So we're not going to be clock watching like the big fear is. We're going to be watching players getting into a rhythm and getting into the game of baseball, which is what we want, right? Like, for years I've I've said the, the problem with Major League Baseball, yes, it's analytics and all this other stuff, and it's, it's ruined the game and, and it's in certain ways. The biggest problem with Major League Baseball is that the ball is never in play. Like, that's the problem. There's 25 to 30 seconds between pitches. You've got guys either swinging for the fences or striking out. You can go an entire inning. I mean, you can go an entire six outs without a ball being put in play. That is what's killing Major League Baseball. It doesn't, yes, timing and stuff and games being three hours and 20 minutes long, <clears throat> that sucks. Okay, we, we, we live with it. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's an extra 20 minutes of our day, 30 minutes of our day, whatever have you, okay? But it's the, the lack of having baseball being played, for God's sakes. And the shift would would restrict that too, because guys are not trying to hit into the defensive shift, and it's it just it caused the game to be like just a pitching and catching contest between the pitcher and the catcher. It was just let's play catch and watch this guy swing and miss because all he wants to do is hit the ball over the wall because that's that's what the analytics are telling them to do. They're getting these guys out here, so. The game of baseball is going to evolve, and I think it's going to do an ex- an, an, a phenomenal job of it under the new direction of Theo Epstein because the way that he looks at Major League Baseball, he wants baseball to be an action game. He wants there to be more action. He, he, lo- he loves baseball. He wants there to be more action. And I, I just I can't agree with him more. Like, you couldn't get me more on board with somebody who's in charge of rules than what Theo Epstein is preaching. Okay, they're going to take away the shift, folks. It's coming. If if you like the shift, take pictures because it's going away. They're not going to have the shift in Major League Baseball probably next year. Next year, baseball is going to look real different next year, real different. And I don't mean from the previous forty or fifty years. I mean going to look real different from the last eight years or so. There's going to be a pitch clock. It's going to be. I'm telling you right now. There's going to be a 14-second pitch clock in Major League Baseball and probably 18 seconds with a runner on base, specifically a runner at second, I think, is what they're, what they're saying. If you have a runner at second, they're going to expand the pitch clock to 18 because they need to have more time to go through the signs and stuff like that, which I totally understand. I totally get it. Sign stealing is part of the game. You, you need more time to try to thwart that, uh, that effort by the runner at second base. Give him an extra four or five seconds. That's totally fine. If they can't get it done in 18 or 19 seconds, then they've got to figure out a different strategy. Sorry. Sorry about you. <laughs> um, so there's going to be a pitch clock. Okay? There's also going to be no shift, no defensive shift. You've got two players on the left side of second base, two players on the right side of second base. Period. End of story. And what that's going to do is that's going to force managers, general managers, owners to start getting back into the practice of let's get some more athletic, some rangy-type middle infielders, and we can watch great defense being played in Major League Baseball once again, as opposed to having incredible Hulk playing second base. Seriously. 
I know fans love to see the home run. Don't you want to see some great double plays being turned? Some amazing, you know, leather being flashed, guys diving for balls that would normally get through the infield, guys diving for balls and making backhanded throws and things. Like, I want to see more athleticism. I want to see the ball in play. I want to see the guys play the game. I don't want to see home run derby. I hate it. It has ruined baseball completely. So I think the changes that are going to be coming, um, and, and look, uh, you know, strike zone uh, monitoring is going to be part of it. That's going to be a part of baseball too next year. You watch. There's, they're, going to be, they're going to be instituting uh, challenges for, uh, for, for balls and strike counts. They're going to, your, your managers are going to get a certain amount of, of challenges to make. Catcher, it'll probably come from the catcher. And they can challenge a play, and basically what will happen is there will be a guy watching the ABS, the the, the, the computer-monitored uh, strike zone, and he'll radio down to the umpire. That was a strike. And the umpire will say, okay, we're changing it. That was a strike. You're out. You're going to see it, folks. I'm telling you right now. They're not going to go to robo-strike zones, okay? That's ridiculous. Nobody wants robo-strike zone, but they want umpires to be held more accountable. And I think that they'll be able to do that with this ABS challenge system that they're going to be instituting. It's coming. It's going to be in AAA this year, and it's coming to Major League Baseball probably next year, maybe 2024. If they, uh, there's some things they want to work out with technology and stuff. So um, there's a possibility it may it may wait a year. But uh, this is going to be an interesting year. This will be a proving ground for a few things. But next year is like big changes, and I'm all I'm all for it. I'm I'm 100% here for it. Like. I literally can't wait to get through this season so that we can start the 2023 season. <laughs> That's how excited I am about these rules changes. All right, coming up next, we'll talk a little bit more baseball. Some of my picks for this season as far as players to watch, teams to watch. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. MLB opening day is here, and right now, folks, all my customers, all FanDuel's customers can swing for the fences with the No Sweat Same Game Parlay on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the No Sweat SGP. All you have to do is just pick, pick a Major League Baseball game that intrigues you, okay? Go in there, go click on the SGP, the Same Game Parlay uh, tab, okay, and place at least three legs onto a bet card, okay? It's going to get a huge payout, like the one I just did just now during the break. Uh, if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel is going to refund you up to $10 in free bets on the site. Now, if you're not sure what to, bet on, what to bet on, this is what I just did, all right? I went in there because the Angels and the Astros game is the one that intrigues me the most. So I've said I'm going to take the Los Angeles Angels on the money line, I'm going to pick a tie for a first-inning result, so whether it's 1-1 or 0-0. I'm going to pick a tie for the first-inning result, and I'm going to pick Mike Trout to hit a home run in the game. So that right there, that SGP plays, uh, pays out at plus, one thir- uh, plus 1338, which is $100 bet. You can make $133. You know, $133. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a real, real nice bet. Uh, total payout is, uh, is looking really, really good on that one. Uh, or I'm sorry, thirteen hundred for a hundred dollar bet. My bad, thirteen hundred thirty eight dollars for a hundred dollar bet. Um, one hundred thirty three dollars on the ten dollar bet. So like you can see how quickly it escalates just on three legs, and those are pretty like I think those are pretty reasonable legs, right? A first inning tie, a, an Angels win, and a Mike Trout home run. He's going to hit fifty of them this year. Might as well hit one on opening day. But 
Don't take my word for it. Go over to FanDuel right now and take a look for yourself. Put together your own SGP, your no-sweat SGP, uh, and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today using my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, to bet your no-sweat same-game parlay today. 21 and over in present in Arizona. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit. Expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. So there we go. We're off and running with the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook betting on baseball. Dude, there's so many There's so many different like ways that you can bet and, and customize this. Like... <laughs> I'm going to be hitting a lot of baseball. That's not good. <laughs> Hopefully I know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> Keep it small, Jeff. Keep it small. Keep it humble. All right. Still got the uh, second hour to come. We're going to be talking some NFL coming up. I'm going to still talk some Major League Baseball. I do have some predictions I need to make that I didn't get a chance to get into because I was waxing poetic on the rules coming. So we'll talk some NFL. Uh, we'll talk some U of A sports. U of A football going to be in action this Saturday. Some more Major League Baseball and Probably some NBA as well. Sprinkle a little bit of that as well. Stay tuned. Still got one hour to come here. Just a quick little two-minute turnaround to hour number two. Stay tuned for your Masters update coming up next. And we'll be right back here for the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.